Hello and welcome back to the Thrive Body, Life and Business podcast. Today's episode, this is part two from the masterclass, The Power of the Mind with Taryn and Amy. So do go and check out part one, giving you a little bit of groundwork, framework around anxiety, self-sabotage, the power of why and how our mind plays such a big part in our habits and behaviors. This piece is the questions part of the masterclass why we self-sabotage why we get stressed how we can decipher between stress and anxiety what is anxiety and how can we work through it giving you lots of tools why do we validate ourselves how can we stop this why we feel embarrassed which comes down to the fear of judgment and um, also some weight loss related um questions as well like through body dysmorphia fasting time frames for losing weight why some people lose it faster than others um belly fat anything really diving into all areas and talking about detoxing from sugar and caffeine as well there's a lot of little topics come in this question and answers piece and you get my holistic qualified approach on my experience plus my qualifications and then also we bring in Taryn for that subconscious mind and that mindset side of things so tune in let us know what you think as always um let us know tag screenshot this and tag us in our social media with your biggest takeaways let's dive in here are the questions why do we self-sabotage and how do we stop so like I said before there's always a reason why we're doing a behavior And there's actually always a positive intention behind any behavior that we're doing. The subconscious mind thinks that it's doing the right thing for us by implementing that behavior. So if you're self-sabotaging, there is a reason for it. So what I find is with my, um, especially with my weight loss clients, it's usually something like protection um, or emotional eating or something like that. So when it comes down to it, like I've had lots of clients that really struggle with losing weight or they, they can lose a lot of weight, but they can't maintain it Mm -hmm. and they do self-sabotaging behavior and they go, I don't know why I'm doing this, but it comes down to, for a lot of them protection, when they lose the weight, they don't actually feel comfortable with the attention that they're getting from people. They haven't had an identity shift. They're still in the old self. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes this can come from things that have happened in childhood, like the amount of clients that I've had that have been abused in some way in their childhood and food then became like a safe place for them. Yeah. Comfort. So not only do they have the comfort eating, the emotional eating, they also have the weight gain being protection. Yeah, and because it, it served its purpose at the time, right? It's kept you safe. Right. It, it soothed your emotion in that moment. And that's what self-sabotage normally is. You're soothing your emotions. And we have to, again, become aware of it and then be able to manage it differently. And also, I think sometimes like that, if we talk about the traumas and stuff, it's it's a metaphysical reason. You could be in a calorie deficit all you like and you won't lose weight because you've got a physical shield on you. That's there from whatever reason. Could be trauma, could be something you're not happy with in your life. And that's why the holistic approach is so important when it comes to weight loss. But yeah, that's cool. Anything else you want to add to the self-sabotage? How do we stop? (laughs) I'm going to have the same answer for everything. Identify your triggers. You have to. You have to do that in a work. 
Otherwise, you're just going to keep playing out the same behavior over and over again. Yeah, becoming self-aware. Where does it come from? Why am I doing it? How else can I self-soothe? Or soda, stop, observe, decide, and act. How else? What else can I do? And it's not leaving an empty space. For example, if you were self-sabotaging by binge eating or self-sabotaging by not going to the gym or not going for the work, walk, not work. Um, what like how else can you what else can you do in that moment instead of nothing? Because you don't want to leave a void either. You know, if you're having an emotion instead of eating, what else could you do? Have a glass of water, go for a walk, make a delicious meal. Um, or if you're making an excuse not to do the thing that you know you want to do, how else can you show up for yourself in that moment instead of leave a void? And the other thing I do implement here for clients is decide what's going to feel best after the act not in the moment so yes that might be yummy might be great to binge eat right now or not go for the walk but what's going to feel better after doing it or not doing it you know and just make the decision from that after fact because you know if you binge you're going to have the guilt spiral then you're going to starve yourself to death then you're going to do it again you're going to feel shame guilt all the stuff if you don't go for the walk you're going to go oh i should have gone for the fucking walk and then you're going to sit you're going to watch you're going to self-sabotage what's going to feel better after the decision going or not going doing or not doing exactly yeah i talk with my hands a lot you guys my used to that yours might be like what's she doing I love <laughs> Okay, that's awesome. Can we be stressed without feeling stressed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like I just said, I had no idea that I was anxious. None at all. Yeah. I thought that's just how everybody felt. Um, yeah, but you can. You can be stressed without knowing it. You can be in a permanent state of stress, which means that you don't actually know what it feels like to not be stressed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard that as well um, through my healing and all the stuff that – your stress um level we have normal amounts of stress in our everyday life that's normal but there is a level and our threshold becomes so high we don't even know we're stressed um which means our cortisol's peaking which means we won't lose weight so it's all relative right or we won't do the thing because our hormones are stuffed and the other thing with hormones is if you're stressed all the time um and your cortisol's rise it gets tired your adrenals get tired and then they stop working and that's also where a lot of weight loss doesn't happen. Um, you've got no energy. You're fatigued. Your body's not working properly. No calorie deficit will ever will ever fix that as well. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people say they're not stressed and they are. Well, or they have been all their thresholds too high, which isn't a great thing. Self education, right? And that and yes. those, yeah. Um. A lot of people don't want to admit that they feel stressed because sometimes that's a weakness that they don't want to admit either. Yeah, good. Um, how can we decipher between stress and anxiety? So the stress and anxiety are the same response when it comes to the nervous system. But the difference is in the mind. So stress is the overwhelm of the current situation that you're in. So like, say, for example, at work, you got a whole lot of stuff on which then sends you into overwhelm, that's stress. Anxiety is like we said before, the mind projection away from the present moment to the worry. So anxiety is what the mind's doing. Stress is what the body's doing in the yeah. moment. It's so it's good. very, very close and they're very, very linked, but there's just that slight difference. 
Yeah, right. And again, we can be stressed or like some form of stress is normal, but you can, yeah. So yeah, it's good. That's good. Um, Mind, body, the mind, body connection, right? And deciphering which one is happening at the time. Yeah. It's but they'll co- both trigger each other. So you get stuck in that cycle. Yeah. So that yeah. <laughs> so what are your top ways to reduce stress? Again, <laughs> it's, the proactive stuff so it's things like for me personally I have to go to the gym two to three times a week I know that I have to do that because if I don't do that that's when I get really stressed out I like to implement meditation um, walking good food is really important Um, sugar and carbs will send me into stress every time and coffee I gave up coffee three months ago because that was really not good. <laughs> I didn't realize what that was doing as well. And yeah, knowing the triggers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Doing the inner work and having the systems in place to reduce those things. So if I know that um, having 1000 things on in one day is going to send me into that response, I will make sure that I just narrow it down to this many things that I can handle in that day. Yeah, and I think that's a really actually good topic, you know, as a mom, as a business owner, you know, we're all quite busy, and where can you lighten your load, and not people please, and not be in hustle culture, and not book yourself out, and spread yourself so thin, what can you take away and create, I call it creating space in your week, like, leave yeah. time, you don't have to fill every space up, right, you don't have to always be hustling, and so that's a part of holistic health as well, looking at your environments, Um who you're hanging out with, where you're spending your time, what are you looking at on social media, how are you blocking out your day, all of that can help reduce stress as well. Yeah. Okay, can we realistically get rid of stress in our lives? So stress and anxiety are actually normal functions to have. We're supposed to be able to have that switch in nervous system. But again, it's for big things like if there's a tiger chasing you down the street if you're about to be hit by a car something like that we want to go into that that response but we don't want to feel like that all the time not maybe they can decrease a lot the stress and anxiety in your life by doing that in a work breaking down the triggers that are sending you into that stress response yeah so sometimes you can change the environmental factors that are contributing to it but the best and most consistent way is to be proactive about those things that you know are going to send you into that response anyway. Yeah, and how you're dealing with them. That's awesome. Okay, why do we look for others for validation? Such a great um, question. I love this question. It's so good. Uh, We look for validation from other people because we have a lack of self-trust in ourselves. And that has been created at some stage in your life. There was some stage when you learned that you couldn't trust yourself. So a lot of the time this happens with um, people that have really over-controlling, overbearing parents Mm -hmm. that it has to be done this way. It has to be done my way. And if it's not done like that, then it's wrong. So anytime that child decides to act on their own will or out of their own thought process, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. So therefore that child learned anytime I do that, I'm wrong. So I can't trust myself to do those things. 
So again, it's about doing that inner child healing and letting that child know that it's not wrong. It's just been told that it was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Because that, that's a big one, I think, um, looking for validation or people pleasing. And I think there's a level that, um, a level of validation that we all want, you know, to feel accepted or to say the things we're doing is right or whatever. But you just have to determine where are you seeking it and how can you come home to you and just actually trust your own decisions and trust just being you is all you need to do. You don't need to be pleasing anyone else. Um, yeah, it's a big thing that does come up in, with a lot of women, I guess. Okay, so how can we stop looking? Oh, you've kind of dived into that a little bit. How can we stop this? How can we stop seeking validation in others? And this can come out in many ways. This can come out in your body, promiscuous behaviors, and not being able to follow through with something until you get all the opinions of everyone else, and then you're too confused, you don't do it. Like, there's so much involved. Yeah, exactly. And it's when that self-trust isn't there and we're placing it outside of ourselves. And really, everybody has so many different opinions. It's it's not going to work if you're constantly looking to other people. Mm -hmm. But of course, we as humans, we want to be accepted. Like if you're not accepted and you're not in that inner group, it's not safe. Yeah. So then it becomes like a, a safety issue. Can I trust myself? Will I still be accepted if I'm trusting myself and following my own instincts? Yeah. So that comes in. Kind of tapping into grounding and trusting your intuition. And it's okay to ask other people, you know, but go to the right place and don't seek lots of it. Like, think who would be really awesome to talk about this with me, you know? And I think that's really important as well because it's okay to want to share something with someone or get someone's opinion, but really watch where you're getting it from. Don't get it from, you know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry exactly because some people yeah some people just aren't aren't the right person to go to a lot of the time it also comes down to the the beliefs that have been created so if we're thinking if we don't have that self-trust there's a belief that i'm not good enough yeah i'm not smart enough well people with adhd or some neurodivergence um that is a symptom of that is not feeling good enough which kind of was like oh that makes sense yeah, so that yeah, I just thought I'd say that in case anyone out there feel like they've got ADHD. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> feel good enough, yeah, but feel like they are their own person, you know? So, yeah, your belief system. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, if, if you're looking in things if, uh, in terms of what can you do about it, yeah. it's again finding those beliefs. Like, what do you actually believe about yourself? Is yes. it that I'm not good enough? And then, where did you learn that? Because, yeah. again, there's been a time when that's been conditioned into you. Like babies yeah. aren't born thinking that they're not good enough. No. Right. There's a time where that we learn that. And most yeah. of the time yeah. it's not even from us. It's from yeah. other people that were around us that that created that response in us. So then you can take that belief and you can break it down and you can create a new one that actually serves what you want to do in your life and what you want to achieve. Yeah, reframing. So that's a good time actually to mention reframing the beliefs or the thoughts that you're having in your mind. You get to choose where they are. It's really awesome to know where they come from and then learning to reframe it. So basically the opposite. Or what would you prefer? Like you think this, I'm not good enough because of this. What would you prefer to think? I am good enough because I'm whatever. And learn the reframing, but you have to keep working on the reframe until the old belief kind of 
just disappears in the background and it does take work and it doesn't happen once you have to keep repeating and reframing until your new belief you've embodied it you integrated it and it's there now and all of a sudden you go oh my gosh I used to think that and now I think this and NLP is great eh, for thinking in the present tense or saying I like you can say now I used to be a binge eater but now I've got control of my nutrition or I used to think I wasn't good enough but now um, and you can say it like that because we do label ourselves this and that. I'm I'm lazy, I procrastinate, I never follow through, I'm a binge eater, I smoke, I, whatever. We label ourselves with that belief. And then that NLP trick that I know I use with my clients is that you can just start saying, I used to believe this or I used to be that. But now, and start saying that and it brings you into the present tense. It does, yeah. yeah. NLP is great for that, but I'll tell you what's even faster is <laughs> integral eye movement therapy. Oh, so what happens is when we have these beliefs, we actually have neural pathways in our brain that support these beliefs. So, uh, what IEMT does is breaks those neural pathways very, very quickly and creates new ones. So mm-hmm. you can break and create a belief within an hour. Wow. Oh, that's what you're talking about. You can change in an hour. Yeah. Oh, so really good. Fast, really fast. Yeah. Um, but if you're doing it by yourself and you're doing it with your conscious mind, yes, it will take around 30 days. Like they say, 30 days to make or break a habit. It's the same thing. You're breaking those neural pathways and creating new ones. Yeah. But when you're just doing it with your conscious mind, it takes that long to create the new ones. And you have to continue, continuously catch yourself in every moment where you want to rewire but you can do it that way absolutely so that's what you often do with your clients is do this technique absolutely I use it every chance I can (laughs) oh that's so good to know let's talk about that like later or whatever it's awesome (laughs) yeah cool because I'd love to know more about that um okay why do we feel embarrassed about sharing things that we like enjoy that others may not okay and I think this is kind of that validation thing is it like that yeah yeah it's exactly the same thing so somewhere along the line we've had an experience where we've shared something that we like and enjoy and it hasn't gone well it's fallen flat you've been bullied about it someone's had a go at you or something's happened to create that that experience when I share what I like, it's not received well. Yeah. So then we, we learn it's not safe to do that. So it's kind of that fear of judgment, right? Fear of being yeah. judged for liking this thing. And again, that's coming home to you and just being one with being okay with who the fuck you are and the yeah. way you are, your weirdness, the things you enjoy. Like we can only be responsible for us, right? Not what anyone else does or thinks. And that's up to them. They might not like it. Who cares? You know, yeah. so yeah, and I know that's easier said than done, but yeah, it's coming back there, right? Um, okay, so these are some weight loss related ones that we can dive into. Um, I'm totally keen to know your version of some of this as well. Um, I can answer and then you can put your ones in too. So one of the first questions is how do we know we're experiencing body dysmorphia? And normally this is um just negative thoughts about our appearance and do you know what there's body dysmorphia in both ways you can actually feel really healthy strong and fit and then you look in the mirror and you go that's not how I feel or you know and and or you can feel at no matter what size you are that you don't look good enough or whatever but then you're actually tiny and so there's two versions of it 
Um, and it, it's it's about it's you can know because you're obsessing about your body. You're obsessing about no matter at no matter what size you're at, you're still obsessing, thinking you're not good enough. Um, and it's more about your appearance. So, what's your spin on that? Yeah. So I would say how you know if you're experience, experiencing body dysmorphia is if you're continuously say thinking or saying out loud to people oh my gosh I'm so huge I can't lose weight and people are saying to you what are you talking about mm. like that reflection from other people is quite a good way to go oh actually maybe maybe I'm not quite thinking the right thing but yes also as well being really obsessed with the way that you look the type of clothes that you're going to wear like all of these types of things being really hard on yourself those are the times when the things like body yeah. and the good. other thing is you might feel a certain way but you look at a photo and you're like oh I don't look as bad as I thought or you know that's another kind of sign that you're kind of seeing you're feeling something different to what you see but I honestly believe we all really have quite a lot of that you know something big with women well, yeah especially with the way that um advertising magazines yeah. social media makes things seem and filters on things like oh it yeah. looks like that <laughs> also i've got a filter on um i've got 75 pounds and i'm more self-conscious now than i ever was i know and i talk about this all the time like um we all look back at our old self as well and we were like i wish we had that body but at the time that body still wasn't good enough then we still wanted more then and so it's really important to accept how you are today and what body you've got and that that um self-consciousness could also be coming from what we were talking about before with your identity shift not coming with you yet and so you've got to embody and self-acceptance and know we are a body but we deserve to feel our best it doesn't fucking matter how we look so much as long as you feel really good about what you're doing and work from there. But it's okay to have that duality as well where actually you don't feel your healthiest self, but you do have self-respect and self-awareness enough to want to make and implement healthy habits. So so coming into alignment with um, all of the good things that you've done and celebrating your weight loss and celebrating how good you feel will help with that hopefully self-conscious um, feeling. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so why do people lose weight faster than others? And this is like, I can quickly go over this. It's all so interesting when people say that. So everybody is so different. We are different ages. We're at different stages. We've got different history. We may have dieted. We may not. We may have been binge overeaters or under eaters. Um, it all is relevant. It's You cannot and no one, no two people are ever the same. Your mindset could be at a completely different place to someone else's. How far along in your weight loss journey, um, your hormonal health, your daily habits, your lifestyle, your genetics, your age, so much determines where your starting point is and where you want to be and the work you need to do in that, no one's the same. And so you might have to reverse diet and do a whole heap of inner work before you'll even start losing weight. Or you might be at a really healthy place and you lose weight really easily. You might have dieted all your life or you didn't diet all your life and we're we're healing your metabolism and healing your hormones first. Um, you know, or your headspace and your expectation and healing all look so different. And that's why some people lose weight different to others. We've all got a different genetic makeup. Our metabolisms are all working different. Um, so there's so many things that come in hand here. 
anything you want to add to that, Taryn, if I missed anything? Um, just in the mindset space, a lot of it can be the belief system, whether mm. somebody actually believes they can lose that weight or not. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would say. Yeah, perfect. That's easy. <laughs> okay, so what is the average time frame to see what weight loss results if you're eating in a calorie deficit? So the same thing as above, you may need to do a lot of healing and reverse diet and all sorts first. So everything that I just said about why why you may not lose weight faster is totally appropriate here as well. But if we were to look at scientific and doing the inner work, the belief system, if we were to look at a scientist, scientific look on calories, um, once you are at a healthy space for a long time and could go into a calorie deficit, um, it's about one kilo, one kilo of body fat. I'm not talking weight. I'm talking body fat. Weight and fat are two different things. Um is about 7,700 calories. So you'd lose, so if you were in a calorie deficit of 500 calories per day, so for over a week, it would be 3,500 calories, you would lose 200 to 900 grams per week. So that's a big calorie deficit as well. That's an aggressive calorie deficit, 200 to 900 grams per week, which isn't much. So it could take you, um, a good month just to lose a couple of kilo like and that's scientifically again we're not even talking about where your mind's at or your lifestyle or any of that there yeah exactly yeah there's um, a lot that goes into weight loss isn't there that you absolutely don't... yeah it's not just calories and calories out that's for fucking sure like you see a lot of people say yeah. okay so what um are our personal views on intermittent fasting mine i said um mine depends on the reason you're doing it if it's for weight loss it's a big fat no don't bother what's the point you're gonna fuck with your sorry no swearing you're gonna mess <laughs> with so much your metabolism your relationship with food your body I believe however you choose to lose weight or however you choose to live your life healthy it's got to be maintainable and can you do whatever you're doing, however you're losing the weight or being healthy, can you sustain that forever more, you know? Um, so, yeah, what's your view? And so there are reasons for intermittent fasting with health stuff. Sometimes it's appropriate. But for the general, I don't I don't think it's necessary, unless it works. Yeah. You, as yeah. in um, works for your beliefs, works for what you want out of it. But if it was for weight loss, then it's a no. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. If you're looking to do something to lose weight it has to be sustainable like it has to be a lifestyle change yeah. if you're looking at doing a diet that implies you're doing it from here to here so intermittent fasting i'm going to do that for a month and i'm going to lose this much weight but then you're going to go you're going to revert back to your old behaviors and you're going to put on that weight and a whole lot more because <laughs> yeah. your body's like oh my god food <laughs> yeah yeah it just messes you know most of the work i do is the inner work the healing a relationship ditching kind of diet culture and what you've ever done and creating new behaviors and habits and a new mindset about a sustainable way, which is why there's no cookie cutter approach. You can't do a diet and, you know, and someone else, you can't, it's got to be individual. It's got to be meeting you where you're at with what you need and what's sustainable moving forward. Um, so why do women gain stomach stubborn tummy fat so there's visceral fat and there's subcutaneous fat one is the fat that's directly under our skin the other one is around our organs 
and you'll see as we age a lot of women do get a little bit more of a belly like let's just fucking normalize it first of all that it is really normal um hormones cortisol stress sugar alcohol um, your lifestyle, your age, menopause, low fiber diets, your genetics, um, low protein diets, lack of sleep. There's so much again that comes into play here with your belly fat. You may have some medical issues, health issues, um, and sometimes it's best not to focus on being in a calorie deficit or on a diet. And you'll find when you get your healthy habits in check, your mindset, your physical, mental, emotional, healthy habits. You're eating well, you're sleeping well, your environments are good. When you get your are uh, showing up for yourself, you're being kind to yourself, you're doing the regulation, you'll find your body will follow. It will let go of things, you know, you'll become healthier all over mentally and physically. So instead of thinking, I feel fat around the, the belly, I'm going to go on a diet. How about we get you your healthiest self and you watch your body change on its own? In terms of mindset, sometimes specific areas of our body can hold emotion yes hips and emotions for women eh? yeah exactly yep so that's all around that that can be that stomach area that can be the hips um emotion can get held there which also can create that experience of holding weight there as well so mm. sometimes if you're doing all of these things that amy just said and you're still not losing weight in that area sometimes there's emotion to release here as well yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And it would be hard to determine that. You'd be wanting to be your healthiest self for a long amount of time um, or do that work all cohesive together as well. But you've got to give things time. Remember, anything like this takes time and there's no time limit on it. It just, you can't do this in 12 weeks. Like it does take such a long time. Um, can you cut sugar, soda, caffeine out without detoxing? If so, how? There's sometimes, so my recommendations, you may, if you have a lot of it, have three or four days where you feel that detox, maybe headache, maybe fatigue. Um, I always, I and I live by macro balance meals. If you are having three or four, five even, or six sometimes, um, macro balance meals, you will naturally have less sugar cravings. You will naturally not be seeking caffeine. Um, for energy because you're getting nourished from your food macro balanced meals are having fats carbs protein per meal with lots of vegetables um, or at least pairing your macronutrients and you'll find you won't want sugar and caffeine as much and that could be a really natural easy way to go through it of course drinking a lot of water and of course getting your sleep um, they are going to help and of course the regulation the mindfulness but you may if you're going from one extreme to another you may feel a little bit headachey and stuff. But macro balance meals are really focusing on what you're eating um, and those other things will be helpful. Yeah. You can also use things like hypnosis to decrease those symptoms mm. because if we think about the placebo effect, it can work in reverse as well. If you can get your belief system into a place where you don't believe that you're going to have a come down off those things and you can find that support from your mind body connection to create that response in your body then you don't tend to um, experience those symptoms as much either yeah the placebo effect so good i'll tell you something funny that i did once which you'll all probably laugh hopefully the placebo effect kind of i wanted to get down to uh, well this is back a, a long time ago to 
65 kilo, okay, and I was a bit heavier. So I was healing my relationship with the scales at the same time. So I got a piece of paper and I wrote 65 on it and I literally put it over the top of the number on the scale. <laughs> and when I got on the scales every morning, I was like, oh, and I go about my fucking day and it worked. Exactly. See, it's the power of the mind. <laughs> I was healing my relationship with the scales. So I wrote what I wanted to see on that damn thing and I put it there. Um. Anyway, I find that story hilarious. I literally actually done that. If that's you. <laughs> um, I know that's pointless, but that reminded me of the placebo effect. That's bloody, it's fucking funny, I know. <laughs> uh, and I did it. I literally did it and I walked away happy as Larry. So if the scales are annoying you, write the number you want to see and just tape it to it. Get on there and look at it. Walk away so damn excited because that's where you're at. Anyway, okay, so what's your thoughts on Stevie? Look, I am like anything in moderation like we can't cut things out completely stevia is actually fine for a you know sugar replacement or whatever where you're having it what you're doing it, it's all relative it's all i like to teach the 90 10 rule like especially because most of my um clients are over 30 um and we are you know taking health seriously it's not just it's not just calories it's also the the nutritional value of your food um, so 90% whole foods. And again, like I said before, when you're having macro balanced meals, you don't want sweetening. You don't want as many sugary things. So you can, um, you know, you don't need it or crave it. So I think it's fine if you're having it in a little bit of moderation. It's not going to kill you. Um, another funny thing is, and my client might be on here, I'm not sure, but you might say, okay, I'm not going to have stevia because it's got X, Y, Z or does this, but then you go and have a bag of twisties. Or you drink some alcohol. It's like, why are you like doing this to yourself? You're getting one food and putting it in this. It's not good, but you're doing all this other shit that's not good either. Like, you know, a little bit of moderation. As long as you're not overkilling it, it's not going to hurt you. Is a definitely, it's a good option instead of white sugar. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my take on it. I don't believe in cutting anything out. Like, I believe I'm working with your relationship with food over getting rid of things but are also really big on quality nutrition so mainly whole foods and when you're doing that you won't even want stevia you won't want sugar you won't want sodas you're just dealing with your habits and your behaviors around it then yeah yeah exactly that's so funny even though we've answered lots of questions and talked a lot I feel like we've only just kind of grazed the surface <laughs> so good find myself on social media i'm actually just going to send that this out on the replay with the details if you want to follow us i like i said run a lot of similar stuff to town probably probably but i um i've got a membership and a thrive mind body um transformation group that i always run and if you just follow me on socials you will find out about that and the same with taryn i'll be sharing her details out for clients and Taryn do you have anything in particular you'd love to share with these awesome ladies and the ones on the replay so I have a couple of different offers if you have anxiety if you are struggling losing weight um, or if you've just having like a really crappy time in your life <laughs> I've got a few different options you can either go to my clinical website which is themindclinicnz.com where you will find my anxiety stuff. I've also got a lot of free resources on there. There's like a whole anxiety masterclass. Um, 
there's like a weight loss ebook there's lots of different things on there so i also do virtual gastric band um package if anybody's interested in that too but i combine that with the mindset stuff obviously um and i have something called illuminate at the moment which is on my other website which is taranfian.com um and that is for if you're just feeling really funky and you want to get out of your own way it's four sessions um four hypnosis recordings to support the change that you make in those sessions you get a journal to continue everything happening after that and you get a bonus training on how to use how to hack your belief system to create the identity that you dream of so that is a really great offer if you want to do like an overhaul spend a month working with me and yeah. change your whole reality pretty much in that moment. Yeah, awesome. And I will send that out in email as well um, about those details for you guys. Um, Kirsten has said, how the hell do you figure out your triggers for anxiety? Um, I've tried belief, belief coding, which was okay. So what would your, probably, you know, what comes to mind for me is work with someone to do that maybe, because it is really hard yeah. this deep stuff to do it on your own. Yeah, the easiest way is to is to get to go to somebody because people can tell me their story in five minutes and I'm like, there, 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 that's trigger, that's trigger, that's trigger, and then we break them down. But uh, while they're telling me, they've got no idea that that's a trigger, but they're yeah. telling me what they are. Yeah. But the, the thing that I explain to people is if you want to do it by yourself, it's the feeling in your body. So whenever you feel that feeling in your body, Take that feeling, how strong is it out of 10? 10's the strongest, zero is nothing. Give it a number. What does it feel like? What's that sensation? Where is it in your body? Then ask yourself, when's the first time I remember feeling that feeling? That's the key. That wraps up. I know there's a little bit of editing in there to cut out some pieces, but that wraps up our the, the Power of the Mind Masterclass. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear if, hear if you'd love us to expand on other topics around holistic health, anything also to do with business and life in general. I believe that you master yourself and you can master everything in your life. So be sure to check out the show notes for how to find Taryn and myself and also dive into those awesome offers Taryn has. But thank you so much for being here and I hope you enjoyed.